and welcome to Small Town Mysteries, a show where three longtime friends from Massachusetts tell crazy and heartbreaking true stories filled with the extra flair of small town mystery. I'm Kate, here with Christine. Hello. And Rachel. Hello. Bringing you our next episode on Carly Russell. I know uh, Christine and I are very familiar with this, but Rachel is not, so I hope you all enjoy the inherent comedy of Rachel learning as she goes. But before I get into that, I'm going to toss it over to Christine, who will be covering our missing person for this week. Christine? All right. So this week I am covering Vanessa Morales. She has been missing since November 29th, 2019. So it has been several years. She was born September 7th, 2018. She's only a little over a year old at the time of her disappearance. Has brown oh eyes. God. I know, little. Weighs 17 pounds. She is white and Hispanic. Her hair color is brown. And she's a female. Law enforcement authorities are searching for Vanessa after finding her mother deceased in their home on December 2nd, 2019. Oh. Her home was located in Ansonia, Connecticut. And like I said, she was last seen by family members a few days prior to authorities finding her mother's body. If you have any information concerning this case, please contact the FBI New Haven hotline at 203-503-5555. Or the Ansonia Police at 203-735-1885. Thank you. We will have pictures on our Instagram at Small Town Mysteries Pod um, that we'll post the day this episode comes out. So head over there to check those out if you are from that area or may have uh, some information regarding that child's whereabouts. Cool. All right. Today, I chose to cover a case that's been all over the headlines recently. Uh, It just took place in July, so very recent. Uh, And it's especially been all over TikTok. If your algorithm picked up on your true crime obsession like my TikTok did, um, this case is very much ongoing. But there have been a few developments, especially in the last week, that I thought were interesting, so I decided to cover it. Yes, Rachel? I really don't understand how this didn't show up on my TikTok. That's what I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Because I definitely have true crime on my... Yeah, I don't know that either. I'm very confused as to why your algorithm just blocked this from you completely. Was it this on the news a lot too, Kate? Um, I definitely saw it on the news like once or twice. Okay. But it was more of like a discussion of like social media firestorm over... Like, the news coverage was about how everyone on social media was freaking out. Mm, I feel like I didn't see it as much on TikTok. I feel like I saw it a lot more on Instagram. Interesting. Yeah, but that also makes sense because sometimes I scroll through. Like, I'm scrolling on Instagram on our podcast page and not realizing it sometimes. And so it was all over (laughs) that because we literally follow like true crime stuff and people who like true crime stuff so it was all over the place well first things first um much like christine did in the last episode i'm not even going to try and pretend this is a small town this case takes place in hoover alabama which is decidedly not small 
Hoover is the sixth largest city in Alabama and is considered the largest suburban city in the state. It's a suburb of Birmingham, which is one of the largest cities in the state. So even a suburb of a bigger city, it's still a pretty big city. Not small by any definition. With a population of 92,000 as of the 2020 census, please consider this me officially falling on my sword and admitting that this is not a small town. This is also technically a listener suggestion because listener Kaylin DM'd us on Instagram and asked if we were following the case, which I know I was, but (laughs) Rachel responded and said we weren't following it and then also followed up with glad to hear she was found safe, which is really funny considering how the case turned out. But Rachel doesn't know why me and Christine think that's like so funny. She's just like, I don't get it. Why is that so funny? And I'm like, oh, you're going to learn today. So thank you, Kaylin, for the suggestion, and let's get into the case. Carly Russell disappeared on Interstate 495. I also want to say that one source said it was 459, but I thought it was 495. So that's just the beginning of me having to sift through a lot of contradictory information to write this. So um, there was an interstate in Hoover, Alabama that had numbers in it, and that's where she disappeared. On Thursday, July 13th of this year, Carly is 25 years old and is a nursing student who also works as the receptionist at a spa. By all accounts, Carly is hardworking and caring, which makes this case and its end result much more surprising. At about 8.20 p.m. on July 13th, Carly left work and stopped to buy some snacks, including Cheez-Its. I included this fact because I love the white cheddar Cheez-Its, but I can't eat them because I'm lactose intolerant. And I just wanted to, like, give them a little shout out. And it is important later. I'll touch on this more um, as the case goes on. But there's a lot of conflicting information in the story due to the way it exploded on social media. There were a lot of different people claiming a lot of different things. So I did try to find the most reliable sources and use those facts. So some sources claim that Carly was picking up dinner for her family, that it was a full meal. Others said that she just picked up snacks. Um... I saw the snacks claim on more legitimate websites. So I'm going with that version was that she picked up snacks and she picked up Cheez-Its. Carly called 911 at 8.34 p.m. to report a toddler walking along the highway. This is another great example of the misinformation in this case. Because when I first read about it, it was people on TikTok who are claiming that she saw an abandoned baby stroller on the side of the highway. So apparently the phone call she claimed it was a toddler and then later claimed it was a baby um so her story her story was inconsistent but it also spread over social media in so many different versions um either way i think that would be something really alarming to see a toddler walking down the side of the highway and a baby in a stroller that can't move on its own are two very distinct types of danger though so Mm. i feel like if i'd seen the version that was like she saw a toddler walking down the road i'd be like wow That's so scary. But something about the baby stroller is like eerie in a way that captures people. And so that was the version I heard first. I understand the creepy factor of the abandoned stroller, but I also think, realistically speaking, a toddler walking along the highway is much more dangerous. Um, A baby can't steer a carriage into the, you know, oncoming traffic, but a toddler could. Yeah. I only ever heard the um, toddler one. So that's interesting. Weird. So it was a toddler that Carly reported seeing um, based on the research that I did, which this case, like I said, is very much ongoing. And uh, I assume a lot more information will come out in the coming months. So I could be wrong on that, but that is what she reported. Carly continued driving for about 600 yards, which is the equivalent of six football fields 
while still on the phone with police, she claimed that she was like following the toddler down the side of the highway, which police were like immediately suspicious because that was like a really long walk for a toddler and especially a long walk for a toddler to not like accidentally wander into the road at any point. So police were kind of like, huh, this kid's really just walking, you know, a casual six football fields. Right. Um, so there was, you know, already some flags raised. The phone call with police only lasted about two minutes and emergency services were dispatched. Carly then immediately called a family member. So here's another bit of information that's been cycled around a few times. Sources aren't in deep debate of who she called. Most sources I've found, including one that cites Carly's mother, say that Carly was on the phone with her sister-in-law. So it was her brother's girlfriend or wife. Some sources say girlfriend, some sources say wife. But, you know, it would be the same woman regardless. Uh, the relative reported that they, quote, lost contact with Carly at some point during the call and heard a scream that they thought was Carly. Okay. And did they call to report that? No. Not that I know of. Okay. And also the sister-in-law never, like, her, none of her anything has ever come forward. It's all the mother who was like, yeah, it was the sister-in-law. Okay. Which I think is an interesting filtering of information. Yeah. Uh, Police arrived within five minutes of the phone call that Carly made to the police. So if she was on the phone for two minutes with police and they were there within five minutes of the call being made, that's a very quick turnaround for um, her to have disappeared, especially... You know, when I get into some of the theories that ran amok about what could have happened to Carly, some of them involve uh, multiple other people and other vehicles. That would be a very quick turnaround for her to have been abducted with another vehicle involved and whatnot. When police arrived mere minutes later, they found Carly's car, cell phone, wig, purse, and Apple Watch, but not Carly. Also notably missing was the Cheez-Its. So that actually does end up being important to the case, that she had bought the Cheez-Its and there were no Cheez-Its in her car. Needless to say, the internet basically caught on fire talking about Carly's disappearance. Uh, I can't even begin to express how many different versions of this story I've heard at various points. I heard that she stopped for a baby carriage and a man grabbed her. I heard that it was a man and a woman. I heard that a man came out of the woods and seemed intoxicated and grabbed her. At one point, she claimed she was forced over a fence. But I do also want to point out that the police reviewed footage. There was footage of her on the side of the road, and there was never another car or any other people. And there were no toddlers reported missing, no babies reported missing, and no other calls of a child on the side of the road. So once they actually began looking into this claim, it was pretty clear that absolutely everything she said was false. But she was still missing at that point. It just goes on and on and on, these theories. And as is seen far too often across social media, and dare I say even more so on TikTok, the conversation just kept spiraling. Carly was missing for approximately 49 hours, so it was just a little bit over two days total. And in that time, I read just about every single conceivable theory about her disappearance, including one that claimed that there was a crime ring of some kind that was attracting women with empty baby strollers in odd places so that they could abduct them and sell them into sex trafficking. That was the one I mostly heard. Yeah, that one was the big one. And that's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but I do have a theory for why that story in particular stuck, especially because the majority of sex trafficking is initiated domestically. It's 
within the home and by a known relative or like a close family friend, this random sex trafficking cases are a lot less common than people would um, be led to believe by certain right wing influenced movies released in July of 2023, which I th- I think contributed a lot to the sex trafficking theories that that movie, which I've been vague about so far, is called The Sound of Freedom came out just weeks before this happened so i think it was pretty fresh in people's minds the movie was released it made big numbers even if they were made fraudulently it put sex trafficking in people's minds so i can't really be surprised that people jumped to that conclusion and just another note on the sound of freedom when i say it's right wing uh, a bunch of the people who funded it and are involved with it are also associated with QAnon, and they inflated ticket sales by encouraging people to pay it forward and buy tickets for others which just led to empty seats. So there were a lot of tickets purchased and nowhere near that many people actually saw the movie. But regardless, it was still a big discussion on social media. But based on some accounts that I've read from people who work with charitable organizations that work with sex trafficking survivors and from actual sex trafficking survivors, that's not necessarily a realistic depiction of sex trafficking at all because it is more domestic. So the odds of this being some sort of convoluted sex trafficking ring that lures women with abandoned baby carriages is um, not impossible, but also not likely. Most of the reaction was about what you would expect. It was people commenting on TikToks that had like millions and millions of views and saying, why is no one talking about this? And um, people pointing out that it would be a much bigger deal if it was a white woman, which is objectively true. We've spoken about missing white woman syndrome before. The fact that white women get more media attention compared to women of color I do feel like this case was kind of everywhere for a while, so maybe not on mainstream media, and maybe that's the distinction there, but I do feel like it was kind of everywhere, and I I couldn't escape it for about the whole 49 hours she was missing. And then I wrote here before I realized uh, who answered Kaylin's DM. I wrote, whoever among us answered Kaylin's DM and said they hadn't heard of it, do you live under a rock? Serious question. I really don't understand. I usually, the thing is, I don't feel like I really keep up with social media. Like, I'm just not, so I don't feel like... You definitely like don't, but you use TikTok, which is why I'm surprised. Yeah. That seems to be, like, the... That's where I saw most of it. I know Christine said Instagram, but, like, I would get, like, you don't use your Twitter account. How often do you check your Instagram account? You know, like, that... Yeah, sure, you wouldn't see it there. But TikTok? That, that's so weird to me. So Carly Russell reappeared on the front step of her family's home at around 10.45 p.m. on Saturday, July 15th. She claimed to have been abducted by a man and a woman together. She claimed that she was stripped naked and fed cheese crackers in a location she didn't recognize. She claimed that she was able to escape when they moved her into a vehicle, and she happened to escape said vehicle in the West Hoover area not far from her family home, which I think seems convenient. Amid the ongoing investigation, Carly's lawyer made a statement on Monday, July 24th, a little over a week after Carly returned. Uh, admitting that Carly had made up her entire abduction. The statement read, quote, My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward. So, Rachel, how how do you... Yeah. Happy well, she was found safe. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. It, I'm very happy she was found safe. Did she cause her own peril? Also, yes. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I was not expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but 
So Carly lied. Her claims were fabricated, but police had a pretty good idea of this well before she came forward and confessed. I know I also saw people speculating that she made up the whole thing before she came forward and confessed because there were just enough inconsistencies, some of which I pointed to earlier, but um, I'm going to go through them now. So first up was the Cheez-Its. If Carly was truly abducted, would they take the Cheez-Its, but not her wallet? I don't know. I I would, but I'm also not into kidnapping. So I like, I probably wouldn't take the person. I would just take the Cheez-Its, you know? The thing is also like, why would they feed her Cheez-Its? That's like all I'm thinking about. Well, they said, she said cheese crackers. So they weren't Cheez-Its? I don't know for certain. I took that to mean like cheese sandwich crackers, but maybe it was Cheez-Its, which then would be even more. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, So immediately that raised red flags. Like Carly bought snacks, then goes missing and the snacks go missing too. It's like she took the Cheez-Its with her because she left willingly and at no one else's demand. Next up was uh, the collection of Google searches. So this case is a really good reminder that nothing on the internet ever goes away. There are so many other cases like this where you read the Google searches and you're like, how could someone be so stupid to search for certain things on the internet? Right before, you know, committing a crime or like, I can't remember the name of the case, but the guy Googled like, how long does it take a body to dissolve in acid? And then his wife was murdered and dissolved in acid. And it was like, yeah, no shit you did it. Well, like, I think of the the local case that happened recently near us. Which one? The one was Cohasset. Is it Cohasset? Yeah. The, um, that was all over yeah. national news too. So the man in Cohasset, that is near us. That's a good point. Yeah. The Brian and Anna Walsh case, mm-hmm. he made a bunch of incriminating Google searches that led to um, him being charged because absolutely insane. He was just not even trying to hide it. And it was like, you know, even if you use incognito, what, yeah, an incognito browser, that's it, traceable. It's always traceable. Nothing you do on the Internet is ever a secret. In particular, Carly Russell's Google searches were, you know, they were the beginning of her undoing in their investigation. Police uncovered a number of suspicious searches. So on July 11th, two days before her disappearance, she looked up, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? Oh my gosh. It gets worse. On July 13th, which was the day of the disappearance, at 1.03 a.m., she searched how to take money from a register without being caught, which I think that one implies that she was planning on robbing the spa, but I don't think she didn't. July 13th, 2.13 a.m., Birmingham bus station. July 13th, 2.35 a.m. One-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville. Departure date, July 13th. July 13th, 12.10 p.m. The movie Taken. Okay, well. <laughs> that one, that Wait, one made me laugh. Why? Because it's a movie about an abduction. But, like, that's what you're going to Google? Maybe she's trying to, she's like, I got to make this look realistic. What happens in Taken? In Taken, Liam Neeson's daughter gets abducted in Europe. Yeah. And he, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. Can't do a Liam Neeson, but... She searched a movie instead of searching, like, an actual successful kidnapping case, you know? Where, like, yeah. oh, it's suspected that someone kidnapped this person and they were never found. Right. Or even, like, someone who was found later, but, like, oh my. years later. Or, like, yeah. one of those really historical, like, Elizabeth Smart. Like, you know, like, those cases that people talk about decades later... Honestly, something that just actually happened. Taken. The movie, Taken. So that happened. 
a lot of these searches are in the very early hours of the morning, you know, like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. before 3 a.m. And I'm thinking about what do I Google at that time of night? Y'all ever roll over in the middle of the night and just Google something because you need to know at that exact moment? Like, do you guys do that? It'll sometimes happen like before I go to bed where I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to bed, but then I have a thought and then I'm like, oh, wait a second. But I don't usually like wake up in the middle of the night. I can't say it happens often, but I've definitely rolled over and been like, I need to know this immediately. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's happened to me. I just feel like if ever there were any suspicion about me or I disappeared and they looked at my Google searches, they would be like, girl, WTF, are you well? Because I'm not searching, you know, Birmingham bus station, the movie Taken. I'm looking up like, you know who Anderson Cooper's distant cousin is? So Chevy Chase and Anderson Cooper are cousins. And that was my most recent deep dive was into like the genealogy of the Cooper family. Also, in the last week, I forgot to include this in my script, but I did see today when I was uh, researching that uh, Carly Russell's boyfriend did come forward and said that they had a fight right before she disappeared. But he said, quote, and this is honestly, I think this is really funny. He said, quote, nothing to abduct yourself over. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which, like, like, yeah, it is. Nothing to abduct yourself over. But that just made me laugh. Um, So I'm assuming we'll have more information coming out over time. They're currently investigating um, where the case stands now. Carly Russell was charged on July 28th, which is my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew. With false reporting to authorities and falsely reporting an incident, which are separate charges, fun fact, and are both misdemeanors. She faces up to two years in prison overall. She was released on $2,000 bond, $1,000 for each charge. And this case is still very, very much unfolding. I think a lot of information is going to become public during the discovery phase of this trial. So if there are any major developments, we'll be sure to cover them. If there's enough for us to do a full follow-up episode, I absolutely will. If there's just a little blurb for me to toss in at the beginning of the episode, I'll do that as well. But rest assured, I don't think we're done hearing the end of this case. I think we may be done with it dominating TikTok, but it's not gone and it's not over. So I, for one, look forward to uh, hearing about some motive, you know, like yeah, what what possesses someone to fake an abduction like that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot to come here. I don't know, like if it was uh, she wanted recognition. I know. I feel like usually people fake an abduction for like attention. Yeah, def- I would say most of the time, right? Or like, I feel like that's the most common motive. Yeah, but this doesn't feel like. I mean, in the limited information I can find on her, it doesn't seem like she was starved for attention to the extent that she would fake a kidnapping. So I just have but to how wonder. Do you know that? Yeah, how do you know that? Because there was no info to indicate that. You know people coming forward and saying like she was lonely or she had trouble making friends but that doesn't indicate like her level of attention that she wanted there are people who want to be famous really badly and will do anything it takes to do so but then there's other people who are like i don't really care about that and i don't want that so she could have just had a personality where yeah she had a bunch of people who she was friends with but she just wanted more like she that wasn't enough for her yeah there's not really enough information to to figure that out one way or the other but i don't know the vibe i got researching was that it wasn't that but like i said there's a lot more to come from this so once again very willing to fall on my sword and admit that i was very wrong about my initial impression if it does prove to be 
that. The only other thing I can think of is if it was like monetary related and she was in on it with someone for like a reward type of deal. But even then, like that would be hard to pull off. And I feel like she would have Googled it. (laughs) I agree. I think that also would unravel very quickly. Yeah. Like when she's found, it would, okay, we're going to charge the person whose house you were found in. And that person's like, what? I didn't sign up for this, you know, and like how quickly is someone going to be like, it's a it's a scam. And also the fact that she just showed up on her family's doorstep. There was no like tip that led to her being found. She just showed up. So even though there was a monetary reward for like her being found safely, community organizations raised up to $50,000 in the 49 hours that she was missing. That never went to anyone because there was never a tip that like led to her being found. It was just that. She just showed up. So in theory, I feel like that could be a viable plot, but it would have to be one that she abandoned partway through because it didn't come to fruition. I will say that I do think my Google search history sometimes, like very sporadically, could be mm-hmm. questionable because of like stuff I look up because of the podcast. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If something will come up in a case and I'm like, oh, is that true? And I'll Google it. And I'm like, this isn't me Googling it because <laughs> I'm guilty. I just, I have a true crime podcast and I need to know. I need to know the No, answer. I know what you mean. There, I remember there being a Tumblr post that went around on like the writer side of Tumblr about how to like research things without it being suspicious. And it was basically a search engine that was like meant to be used to look up things that like if you needed to know how much acid was needed to dissolve a body, but you needed to know it for a crime novel you were writing, you could search it there and it wouldn't come across as suspicious because it was like a source specifically for writers. Um, Hmm, That seems like a good idea that you're giving some people who might want to look up things for murder. Christine, this was on Tumblr years ago. I don't know if the website even exists anymore, nor did I originate the idea. But imagine... Yeah, like, because they're going to listen to our podcast and be like, man, you know what? That really that really motivates me to commit a murder. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good cover. What if, well, but maybe people who like murder are more likely to listen to true crime podcasts, too. Like, do we have stats on if murderers listen to true crime podcasts? I'm, I'm sure they're out there, but we once again have to factor in that it's the murderers who have been caught who would be surveyed for data. And I feel like that tilts the scales a little bit these are the questions i have and then i would have to this is what my google search history looks like and then we're gonna google it so um if if, (laughs) if the fbi agent watching our three phones sees that we all google to murderers listen to true crime podcasts immediately after we hang up this chat that happens sometimes yeah (sighs) it'd be like that all right well that's the end of my episode any uh any updates i have anything like seriously major i will tap on to the beginning of an episode down the line and if there's like huge huge updates i'm thinking when the case goes to trial in a long it won't be anytime soon when the case goes to trial if there's a big update maybe i'll do a part two but um for now that is all thank you for tuning in and give us a follow at small town mysteries pod on instagram dm us any case suggestions you have this one was from a listener named kaylin and we really appreciated it uh even if you just want to chat true crime honestly we all check the dms at various points and clearly we all follow different cases so if you have something to chat about send us a dm we love to talk about true crime that's why we're here thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week
Kate. Thank you so much, Kate. You're welcome. Come spiral with us next week. Ooh. Bye. Bye.